0: So I was going out with this um, young man from from Sri Lanka Mm -hmm. and um, his parents were not in the country and absolutely terrified of the fact that he was dating this wild, lustful, western woman. (laughs) You know, whatever I was representing, you know what I mean? And. Like in the beginning, every time they knew I was over, like his mom called nonstop. Well, she wasn't that type of person, but if she knew I was around, like the phone would ring a lot and it was just wow. checking in and checking in. And then a few months down the line, she actually realized that I made him, I kept them very accountable, making sure all of a sudden he started paying his bills on time. <laughs> like all these, all these things that a proper woman does to you. <laughs> and then she was like, wait a minute, she's actually not a bad influence to him, but that took a few months. Yep. And then it was really sweet. Like, Hey, tell her I said hi and yada yada yada." Yad. But before that she was terrified of this Western woman ruining her good traditional Sri Lankan son.
1: Welcome to yet another awesome episode of Living It Up in Lion City. I know it has been a while, and let's get started with something that a friend and I have been wanting to talk about for a long, long time now.
0: Very long time. Yeah, yeah.
1: and speaking of friend, welcome, Jasmine. Thank you yet again. It has (laughs) been a while. (laughs) Glad to have you here once more. Um, And as you know, we have had a ton of conversations about. um, Okay, so our topic is about interracial dating. and it covers the whole gamut of interracial, intercultural, interethnic. And, you know, for the purposes of brevity, I'm categorizing it as interracial dating. So we've been talking about this for quite some time. And, you know, there's been a long, we've had long conversations about this and some personal experiences. And I thought, you know, it'd be interesting for us to cover it, especially like in, uh, living in a place like Singapore. So it'd be interesting to weigh in on race, culture and romance and all that stuff. Right. So before we get started, I would like to show you a presentation. You know, just a bunch of, you know, fun stuff that, that could just serve as the context for what we talk about next. Just so in case
0: we don't have any fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me we will.
1: <laughs> I'm ready. So, um, what I'm now going to do is... So, interracial dating, weighing in on race, culture, and romance in Singapore. So, I thought I'd show you bu- a bunch of fun stats that would, you know, be a great conversation starter.
0: Hit me. Fun
1: facts about interracial relationships. 10% of married couples in the U.S. are interracial. As in, in its entirety. Like, all married couples, out of all the married couples, you know, young, old, everything in between, only 10% are interracial. Wow. Versus in Singapore, where 22% of marriages in Singapore are interracial. And that was just one year, in 2018. Um, it has been on the rise, um, you know, for the longest time. And, you know, it's just gonna get farther. So essentially it means that one in every five couples is um, interracial. interracial. In, in Singapore. Si- in Singapore, yes.
0: Unexpected. Yeah.
1: Now, not so fun fact, but I think it serves some context as to um, when interracial relationships started being normalized and accepted, right? So uh, France was, of course um, the earliest in 1792 they finally repealed all restrictions on interracial marriages this was right after the monarchy was overthrown so as part of the revolutionary new government they were like okay you know equality for everyone and no discrimination in
0: 1792
1: in 1792 yeah um, in 1945 of course there was the nuremberg laws one of which was the law for the protection of german blood and german honor and that was repealed um in not no-
0: proud of that one
1: yeah but you know I mean, it, it serves as context right 1967 was the year when the U.S. decriminalized interracial marriages. Before that, it was illegal to marry out of your race, and this was specifically for uh, Caucasians. So, Caucasians and Black people were not allowed to get married.
0: But Black and Latinos could have been married.
1: That's I tried looking for facts about that, but there was nothing much around it. So, and I think it just points to the idea that. You know, it wasn't
0: really bothered with it yeah
1: so it was like all that uh, they didn't want race defiling to apply to white people and they didn't ma- like the colored folks did not matter right now this is the most interesting fact for me south africa lifted the ban on sexual relations between blacks and whites only in 1985 <laughs> and you know of course and like right after apartheid was lifted and you know south africa became like it, it is a multicultural nation and all that stuff but tensions still arise Um, There was a story in 2019 uh, in a TV show where um, a black and white couple, they started kissing and it caused an uproar on TV. Uh, You know, people were like doing petitions online and all that stuff. And this was in
0: 2019.
1: Wow. So, you know, it's still pretty an interesting state of affairs, you know, if, if you are in an interracial relationship across the world. That's it. Fun facts about interracial marriages in Singapore. So what you're seeing here is the net total of all inter-ethnic marriages in Singapore in the year 2018. This is from the SingStats uh, website, which you know captures all data around marriages between the different races and groups. Uh, and this covers both um, civil marriage and Muslim marriage. There's two separate laws for it. Mm. And uh, so one is under the Women's Charter, which is the civil one, and then you have the Muslim Charter, right? So if you look at the largest number, the largest group, it is essentially other male and other female under the Muslim charter. So essentially, a whole bunch of people um, outside of CMIO, which is Chinese, Malay, Indian, and you know Eurasians and stuff like that, a whole bunch of people have gotten married under um, the Muslim charter. So you know someone of the Islamic faith is involved in uh, all of these alliances, and that's like the largest group of interethnic um, marriages. The next one is. The next highest is Chinese male and others female, which is 7.6% of all marriages in total. And this includes, you know, uh, monoculture marriages, right? So the largest group, largest well-defined ethnic group would be Chinese uh, male and others female. Um, Others comprises, you know, anyone who is not Chinese, Malay, Indian, or Caucasian. So this would cover like Thai, Vietnamese, Japanese, Korean, and all that stuff. So that's like the largest group. Then, of course, you have Malay male and others female at 2%. And then from there, it just goes down. So you can see other male, Malay female, Caucasian male and Chinese female is like 2.2%. Indian male and Chinese female, you know, I would come under that, is also 2% uh, and, you know, so on and so forth. So everything under 2% is fairly nominal, right? Now, to give context, I compiled all marriage stats. And this includes, you know, monocultural of marriages, so like Chinese male, Chinese female, and stuff like that. So as you can see here, of all the marriages, Chinese male and Chinese female is, of course, by far the largest grouping, yeah. right? So at 66%. And then you have Malay male and Malay female, both under civil and Muslim law, which is, you know, 16.5%. And then you have other male and other female, you know, that ambiguous grouping in the previous slide, which is like 11%, and then, you know, it goes on and forth. So Indian male and Indian female, which is the next monocultural major grouping, is at 5%, and then everything else is just all done. It, I I started looking at this data simply because, you know, we hear all this stuff about, oh, this particular group is overwhelmingly, you know, Paired with another particular group and all that stuff, and a lot of our friends have makes those complaints and stuff like that. Right? And that
0: does not reflect yeah. the assumption yeah. at all. Yeah.
1: Having said this, I talked with a bunch of our um, a bunch of data scientist friends, and they were like, "There's a difference between marriage stats and dating stats. So interracial marriages are a subset of interracial dating, but it's not necessarily representative of it." So, like, if you were to get married to someone, for example, that is not representative of, you know, let's say... Of my entire entire dating dating history. history. So... You know and then a lot of other things come into play like you're know, probably at a particular time in your life where you want a specific person rather than what your you know sexual preferences or dating preferences are so i tried like showing this to my data scientist friends and they're like yeah nah this is not <laughs> shut the fuck up you know but i thought it was interesting regardless you know it just gives at least just one snapshot this is marriage yeah. and
0: not representative of all dating history yeah. and probably not what we're looking at when we walk around yeah and, yeah
1: so and so th- yeah so that's what uh, this is Right so now let's get to the crux it uh-huh. Now before we get started Jasmine um, Tell us a bit about yourself and especially like about your time here in Singapore and how long you've been here.
0: Yeah, so I am 30 years old. I came the first time when I was 21 years old. Yeah. That's when we met. Yeah. Um, so it's been a, quite some time. I was back home. I'm from Germany. Um, I was back home for three years in between. So in total, I'm here for about seven years now yes. um, with a little break in between. So I want to say almost all my 20s in Singapore in some most of my dating life Mm -hmm. has happened here overseas and I will speak mostly about my experience obviously in a Singapore context Um, I work in technology I'm a white female, um, so I think it's it's going to be a very interesting conversation to speak to an Indian male and in your experiences I have never dated um, a blonde, blue-eyed white man okay, okay. <laughs> so we're going to have some material to talk about.
1: I'm, I'm curious to go deeper into that Right. so I also just want to start with um, saying that you know I'm an Indian uh, I'm an Indian national from India moved to Singapore in 2011 um, I've been single for um you know the first what four years of my life here um now i'm happily not which is great so just uh dating has always been a struggle um especially if you're like in a big and dynamic city and then it's not for the lack of of finding people it's just it's just the very transient nature of dating especially in expat circles so that's that's been my experience for the most part and of course you know being Indian it comes with its own set of interesting experiences and and challenges so and I'm curious to like talk more about that. So Jasmine let's start with um, You've, you've heard about, you know, like, so dating here in Singapore, you have been, um, you know, here for a while. You've been uh, going around. That's probably like, not the right word to use. Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but
1: um, t- tell us a bit about, tell us a bit about, you know, your dating experience, specifically around uh, interracial relationships.
0: Um, so I think I, I have a bit of a journey. Um, I want to say also a personal growth journey, obviously, that we all have. Um, starting off with uh, my first experience is when I was... 21, 22 to now when I'm 30 your expectations change the way you go about dating changes um, but I think I'd like to well let's well to cut it to the chase I've been dating brown and black men in Singapore um, and maybe I'll start off with my very first experience and that's not um, about... A relationship per se but just about me you know going on a date with someone to go to the movies or grabbing dinner or you know just being hit on back when the bridge was a thing yeah. um, so I'm 21 years old I'm we're all sitting on a bridge still drinking beer you know doing our thing and and the sky <laughs> um I don't remember he was either Malay or Indian it's a really long time and he um, we talk like a really quick intro hi i'm jazz i'm 21 i'm from germany i'm this guy and this is what i'm doing he's like all right so should we go home and i'm like <laughs> wh- why are you tired <laughs> like why are we going home right
1: to the chase
0: yeah. and and <laughs> i i think for he he was like oh I th- i thought you know that's how it works like we we will go home now and I'm like why would I go home with you now because I was really thinking we're having a great time and like why would I go anywhere did you see the group we're here with and um, I think it then hit him like oh that's not how it works when I shared the story later with other people I got the input that they thought well you're a blonde white Western woman there is TV media and so forth there that makes a blonde white woman is represented very easy so and he seemed very uncomfortable the moment he realized that i'm very confused about his statement so that might be a thing um it led further on to situations where i realized that i was kind of treated a bit like a trophy girl yeah Not so much that they were all trying to get into my pants, but they dragged me along to every friend and and, and showed me around way before it was serious and like very early getting to know each other faces. Um, And so that was something that, looking back into my dating journey, I think has changed my approach as well. Um, And that's going to be interesting because I'm talking to an Indian, but I have to say that um, it has definitely changed for me my interest in certain people or being more careful with certain people because, well, I'm a person like your brown sister and, you know, your your brown mom and, and your brown friends and it doesn't matter what you take me out for it shouldn't be for yeah. my color so um and i'm a helpless romantic and i'm a cornball and i you know want love and happiness and i don't want to be taken out for this like i don't really care to be trophy i, I think that's n- nothing you know anyone wants to achieve or go for on a date for so i think that those early like one or two years changed my perception a little bit it right. didn't stop me from dating brown men mm-hmm. by the way
1: but you have this in your head it's like okay the minute it gets to a point where he like alludes to or at least does something that kind of points to you being a trophy white girl you're like okay Tap you out. know right yeah okay.
0: yeah um that that for sure and then i had Definitely the situation where I was going out. It was like a first date and we were just going for a movie and he was Malay. And he said, and again, we were like 22, 23. And he said to me, and he was really hyped about it. I've never had so many people looking at me than just going and buying a movie ticket with you. And I thought it was shit but he was really excited about it. So it's like those, and he wasn't rude or anything, but it was like, wow, look at the stares that we're getting. And I'm like, yeah, no one needs this. Um, While he was like, damn, you know, that's dope. So I think there's just, and that again, it's just in a perception of Singapore. That would I say, what I would say is like my starting point um, of like making experience of interracial dating in Singapore, just noticing what we're looked at. And there's definitely a lot of attention I get for dating a brown man.
1: Yeah. So I have a question here, Jasmine. Like, has this always been the case with anyone that you've dated or is it just like a specific subset of people? I mean, the reason why I ask is that we have mutual friends who have that particular, um, you know, um, taste, I would say. You know, they have like a particular, uh, you know, for the lack of a better word, white girl fetish. Um, And I I just want to understand if that's like, are these the men that predominantly um, you know interact and hit on you are these the men that you experience for the most part like is it always about uh, the white girl is probably my question
0: um so I get more approached by, 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 by brown men right um I think so. Okay. Um, but that might also be in Singapore. Um, it's not the same in Germany, um, and um, it's, I think, very common. I, I know a lot of white men here in Singapore that date Asian women, um, and, and I mean they're beautiful, and you're exposed to them. So I think it, it's almost a bit natural that you kind of go for what. Yep. Is exotic because I do the same. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you know a brown man hits on me because I'm the trophy per se. I think I just want to say that this was something that shaped my perception and how I went about dating because of those early experiences.
1: Right. So uh, there's an interesting story from a friend who's also white, and uh, the thing is that she's also always you know dated um, you know Indian men. Um, she's she's married to an Indian man now. Um, and, you know, a lot of people would always ask, like, oh, does she have like a brown man fetish? Does she have like this Indian fetish? And then I remember she once explained it as, no, I'm just a friendly person. And then I do have close Indian friends. And therefore, I get to interact with a lot of Indian people. And she did mention that unlike other people from where I come from, I'm a lot friendlier. And so people warm up to that more. And that just opens up... Um, you know, the doors to uh, having intimate relations with with more brown men or Indian men, because it could be the case with uh, Asian people. It could be the case anywhere. Just the fact that she's being friendly at a specific point in time with a specific bunch of friends, you know, opens that up. Right. So she she's aware of the fact that it's people look at it as a fetish, but for her, it's just, you know, the opportunity, you know. So um, I found that an interesting take. But I think
0: it's just that for some reason, and I'd like to hear your take and your side of it, but for some reason, um, there's a lot of interest in um, when a white woman doesn't choose to date a white man. Um, What I get most attention um, for is dating a black man. Okay. Not just in Singapore, but... Um, definitely in Singapore because I think it's more common to have a conversation about race. In Germany, no one was bothered about me having a black man. Right. But here, Here um, I think, talking about this fetish thing, one thing that I come across all the time is, so tell me, are you dating a black man because of the dick? And uh, (laughs) I think...
1: Is that like the first question? Hey Jasmine, how are no, you? No, that's way. the first question
0: <laughs> once they have a drink down, and it doesn't matter. Like it could be a colleague, it could be like a, you know, not someone who I consider a close friend, but for me, I just find that honestly very insulting because I'm not, I'm not someone who sleeps around. I do, I am someone who's in relationships, and and if you ask me that about my my man and my relationship, my sex life, my you know my that's my intimacy you know yep. like that's none of your fucking business and to be honest if he wasn't black you would never ask me about his dick size and that is just something that i face and that reminded me of her story of like like so you like indian guys what yep. for i get that with black men and i find it insulting and i'm always le- and i'm always wondering like, why do you think this is your business? Yeah, you would uh, like imagine uh, I introduce you to my to my boyfriend, my black boyfriend, and and you go, Oh, jazz! It was so nice meeting him. By the way, how large is his <laughs> dick?
1: Uh, I mean, it's 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 worthy small talk in my opinion. <laughs> I'm joking. But I'm but joking you know not. what I'm like. You <laughs> and me, we
0: talk about you know what what do we think is good sex or <laughs> what is needed and stuff like this might comes up. But this is clearly to the race thing, and and it comes up and it comes up from any any race and any nationality. And, and um, I think there is with every race, like Indians, whatever they are perceived form whatever black people are, are looked at, that always gets thrown back at us when we date. That yep. that that color or that nationality is like, okay, so is it because of that? Um, and I think she gets that too. For you know, why yeah. are, why are you dating a, an Indian man? Yeah. You so know,
1: I think like stereotypes play a huge part in right. So there's like, you know, positive stereotypes, uh, negative stereotypes, weird stereotypes, and you know, overly um, intrusive stereotypes. You know, especially in your example, right? I mean, of course, and everybody's gonna like you know, base their Judgment of a couple or a romantic relationship on these stereotypes that they often probably don't think too much about and I guess um, Especially here in Singapore uh, since you bring this up. Uh, I noticed that you know uh, the the topic conversations on around race are uh, Like it's all the time like it, it's always about race. Um, so race is um, race is like a, it's like a personality trait at this point in time, you know? So it's like there's certain cultural attributes that are apply to race and then it just, it's like the constant talk about race, you know, sometimes makes me go, you know, we're people, you know?
0: Actually, you saying that reminds me of something. Let's say I just joined a new team and, and go, go for, it in, a, in a new job, in a new company, and, you know, you you, you grab lunch with the team, everyone's getting to know each other, so, so you're in a relationship. Yeah, I am. In Singapore is the only place where the first question is asked, where is he from?
1: Yeah.
0: And then if I say, if I let's say it's Singaporean, then it's like, oh, shit, now we got to ask what race. But we're getting to it next. Like, (laughs) You can see that
1: some are too polite to ask, but it's like, it's on their head. They're like, when do I ask, when do I ask? Like, what's a good opportunity to, you know? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So I've I've never had anyone in Germany asking me where my boyfriend is from or what color of skinny, like like, what color he has. That's never, no one ever asked me that. But here, that's second question for sure.
1: No, absolutely i agree with you like sometimes like i've gotten used to it because i do understand that it's it's not out of malicious intent it's not like trying to just figure you out it's just become part of small talk so i've gotten used to it but sometimes it's still it's like mm, really is that is that something you want to know right now i
0: do have a feeling though and i'm ah oh, i hope i don't get killed for that but um i feel like when my expert friends ask me that it's more out of interest to just be like, hey, where's she from? Because, um, you know, I just want to he- know what her background is and yeah. how you guys met. Like genuine curiosity of the person. You um, know, how long has she been here? If she's an expert and stuff like this. I feel like those questions are slightly different from Singaporeans asking me.
1: In what sense?
0: Um,
1: Go there's for just it. This,
0: there's, I think there's just this interest of you know, what is this white girl looking for in a man here? Or like I don't know. It's, if, if I feel it's a different... It's not so much of um, what kind of... I don't know. It's not so much of an interest of that individual that I'm dating. Like what I just described. How long is this person here? You know, how did you yeah. meet? How did this person grow up? Because a country does give a little bit of information about that. Yeah. It's more about, I think, status. Yeah. You know, what type, because in Indian, and in Malay, and Chinese, there are different statuses here in, in Singapore uh, okay. that are yeah. given for it. Exactly. So I think yeah. that is more implied. And I'm just saying that's the sense and the vibe that I'm giving out of the questions that are different for me from when a friend asked me, where's this person from well, that you're di- dating?
1: I mean, Jasmine, I'm guessing that so usually when you talk about having a relationship, and this happens to me a lot where it's like, you know, so the default assumption is that, you know, my partner is Indian. Right. So it's like. Um, so the questions that I get are usually like, oh, you know, are you married? And I'm like, you know, at, at least at the time I was like, no, but you know, I have a, a partner. And it's like, oh, is she from India too? And I'm like, no, no, she's Singaporean. And then you can see like the wanes pop. It's like... Working. <laughs> which, yeah. which race? Which race? <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <right? laughs> and then it's like, oh, you mean like Singaporean, Indian at an opportune, you know, uh, interval of time? And then, you know, Chinese. And then you're just, the, the other wane just pops like, how did they meet? Like, where did they meet? <laughs> you know, so it's like, I, I think there's like certain <laughs> default stereotypes that Associated with different races, and then if you step just a little outside of that, it's like they have to know about you. You know, they have to know the circumstances behind it and all that. I'm not saying that this is um, a uniquely Singaporean thing. This happens in a lot of places, and I dare say this happens in uh, multicultural societies. You know, where it's always going to be about finding differences. Not are and we stuff. a
0: multi-race country like where Singaporeans are multi-race but we're also a country with like what nearly 40% expats so I think it's more normal yeah. so first of all I don't I think that's the positive side. Yeah. people talking about this and this openness and this interest is not malicious yeah. but it can sometimes go into the status yeah. You know, in, in, into that rank or, you know, the, that kind of motivation of the question.
1: It, it could also be novelty, to be honest, because I think like in a lot of ways, I, I don't believe that a lot of people look at, you know, pegging you on what particular socioeconomic status or whatever. But it's like sometimes there's novelty. So, for example, if I were so I'm an Indian man, if I were with, uh, let's say, a, a black woman who I mean, in, in Singapore, black people are a rarity. So if I were with a black woman, for example, I would get, definitely get stares because, and it's not like in the sense that, oh, what's this black woman doing here? It's just like more like, oh, what? Like, there's a black woman who is, you know, an, a rarity by herself. And then with an Indian man, it's like, what is going on? How did they meet? Like, is it yoga? You know, could it be that? <laughs> You know? Yoga. And so, you know, people tend to like, you know, have like a set of internal questions in their head and they try to like figure yeah. out where you stand. And I kind of enjoy that sometimes because I love having people ask me questions of this sort and I just say no. So it's like, Oh, you know, is your partner Indian? I say no. And then it's like but but yeah. <laughs> and then like when they finally get around to asking the next question, it's like, Oh, you know, is she Singaporean? I'm like, Yes and then it's like <laughs> Like the next
0: once, <laughs> once you've explained and you told your story, how do they react? Is it like do you feel it's like a positive surprise, or you know, like what's the response?
1: And I'll use an example. This happened in Batam, a while ago. We went wakeboarding, and uh, so you know, like uh, they had to like take our passports for identity purposes and all that. So you know, they put the passports, both mine and Selena's, in uh, their office, and so I went to the office to collect it. So I was like, okay, my name's Rindo, Indian passport, that's me. And then uh, my girlfriend's too, which is Selena's. And then so he sees the red passport. And it's like, oh, a Singaporean. And then he looks inside and, you know, so he sees her face and, you know, she's Chinese. And he goes. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, OK, then, you know, so there <laughs> is there is a prevalent sense that, um, you know, as an you Indian made it. Man, yeah. You know, so it's like <laughs> somehow it. like she's the trophy, yeah. like especially for an Indian man who's also an international. He's like, yeah, man. You know, you got it. this dude is he's a Singaporean dude, so it's a Singaporean who's running that uh wakeboarding uh place. So, you know, and th- that's just one example. There's a whole bunch of little things like this that kind of make people go, like, oh, here's an Indian national who has, you know.
0: But you know taken um, a step so above th- the rest. Exactly. So you, for you it's like you made your way up. And so which is a bit odd. I think It's for a little me disturbing
1: for me because yes. it's like We got together because we fell in love, you know. But that somehow just gets lost in all of these hierarchical questions and shit. Exactly,
0: exactly. Because I think for me it's different. For me it's like the exact opposite. So at the time I was um, in a relationship with a Singaporean who is half Indian, half Ghanaian. And Mm -hmm. um, when I would tell someone that after being asked, obviously... um, don't have to wait too long for the question um, then it would always <laughs> right.
1: oh my god then Archie. it would always
0: be like like she's integrating she's with our people right. you know like right. that's what I would get like you know I, I feel like it's like a like she knows a local dish she's dating a local man you know <laughs> like guys have been here for seven years you know
1: colorful metaphor aside something. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean... But you know what? I, way, I think yeah, I yeah. feel
0: like for me, it's like this whole like, wow, she's entering the local um, fields and, yep. and, 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 and dating. And, and for you, it's like, you made your way up.
1: So It's a bit different. You know is, what I mean? It is. Because I think, and I think this is something that I generally notice and at the risk of making generalizations, I think there is a belief that you know, uh, the Caucasian population tend not to integrate, and that's okay because there's an expectation that they have their own little, you know, bubble. But anyone who gets out of it is like, oh, yeah, you know, like anything that you do outside of that, uh, you know, stereotypical expat bubble is considered a win. You know, so it's like, oh, yes, she's one of us now. You know, she's taking the time to be part of us and all that stuff. Um, I think it's slightly different for me in the sense that as an Indian national, as an Indian man um, living in a country with a significant Indian population, um, I do not have that specific novelty factor. Uh, I'm not going to get into, like, the various other, the litany of stereotypes, you know, around Indian citizens from India and stuff like that, but, you know, so there's an expectation that I have to integrate. So it's like the little things that you do, would not get the same watch. Oh, good job, man. And this kind of trickles down into dating too. You know? So it's like
0: That uh, is so spot on. Yeah. F- you are expected to integrate. And yep. for me it's like, "Oh, oh it's honey, like thank you that you actually joining Singapore, you know, and and mm. you know what I mean? Like because if I if I wanted to, I could perfectly live my Western life. I mean, we all know these groups of expats that do that, right? Every time I tell people that lots of my friends are, are Singaporeans and most of my friends are Indians or Sri Lankan, it's like, Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm like, someone's just imbibing me a the local
1: culture. Oh my gosh, she's one of us, and all that. It's not like
0: yeah. I went out there to find yeah. you guys, you yeah. know? Like, I just went, <laughs> I bonded yeah. with people, and you guys became my friends, you know? Yeah. It's not like I was like, oh, you're Indian. Hi, I'm Jazz. Can we become friends? <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. That would be just so funny. <laughs> You're
0: going to be like, oh, okay. Oh, man.
1: But, no, I mean, but that's the thing. I, I, I do recognize that this is larger than just dating. I mean, there's like a larger social construct around it. But Absolutely. But that's just kind of how it is, right? So as as an international, uh, you know, of course, living in a fairly cosmopolitan city, uh, dating hasn't been a problem. Um, there are certain... Um, how do I put this? There are certain... Um, stereotypes, you know, that kind of affect how people initially judge you. Uh, In my personal experience, um, it's nothing that can't be overcome with a bit of wit and charm. You know, so it's like, at least in my opinion, this is something that I generally tell, you know, fellow uh, Indian friends who more often than not talk about struggles with dating. And I totally understand, you know, where they're coming from and stuff like that. It's like, if you are passively good looking, if you are socially affable, if you are being funny helps like if you have all of those things and you can overcome them it sucks that this exists and also in a country and a city where um race tends to be like part of regular discourse um it, it is kind of unfortunate but once again it's not that big of a hoop um to to overcome um yeah that's just me though
0: I, yeah, um, I, I, I'm with you on it. But then, so th- I think that's like the interesting part about putting the two of us into this conversation. Um, I'm, I'm going to bring up um, a, a, a topic that you're very well aware um, of. So as I mentioned earlier, I had this experience of like being p- potentially like this trophy girlfriend and stuff like this. And I've, I haven't had that in years because I was in my early 20s. Yeah. You learn, you know how to approach, you take your time dating and, you know filter out who, who, you know who's who's real for you and, and all that stuff so uh, that that's for me just early journey um, but what did happen and that's not too long ago that might just be two to three years ago is a friend of ours um, that is Indian who uh, I thought was a really close friend of mine who then went out to tell people that you know we had something sexual which never ever happened and um that like that hit me. that hit me much harder than any uh, little going on two dates and, and then having to cut it off because it wasn't for the real reasons. but this was something who've considered someone who I' considered my friend for a long time, and even though I knew he wasn't a white women, and there's nothing wrong with that, knowing that this was like this talk was going on behind my back, and, and that was something that really cut deep, and you know that and um what do you do? Like, let's say you approach a woman and then she tells you, I don't want to have anything to do with you because I've been I've experienced this type of stuff. Like, that's why I'm saying, I think why, why it's interesting because you know I'm very open dating any type of race, but I also think that you sometimes, or Indians, fall victim of other Indians doing this kind of stuff that's not correct.
1: So it's, I mean, we have to address the fact that you know, social proof tends to override any, um, you know, so at least in the case that you were talking about, you know, um, a friend that we know, um, you know, the social proof was more, is worth more than, you know, the friendship that he had with you. That sucked. That, that really, really sucked. And um, I have to admit, this is something that's quite, I, I don't know if it's prevalent, but I have seen this. Um, and I wouldn't say it specifically to uh, Indian men, but I think it's, um, a friend once, uh, d- uh, you know, made a joke way- in India a long time ago. It was like, "No, we're just recolonizing." <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're just, <you> know? <laughs> it's not a fetish; it's recolonizing. <laughs> so I, that that made sense because it's like, you know, he was like, "Hey, man, you know, I've esta- the white man has been establishing dominance in our country for <laughs> years. It's our turn now. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with the women." You know, it was a it was a joke and all that stuff, but it does point to something that you know, social proof is. Um, is, is a heady feeling and um, I'll be very honest with you uh, my first interracial relationship was in India and it was with a white woman it was with someone from France and like when we like when she would come over like um, the landlord was just like baffled the thing is okay so I've brought you know a uh, former partners before and all that stuff and he's he's always been kind of uncomfortable about that you know being from a very conservative place and all that so it's like the landlord is in the ground floor and like i'd be on the top floor so like i'd walk up there and then he'd see like you know girls better no bed yeah. squeaking and he's like mm, and all sudden and that was with, with anything girls right and then when i i brought this person uh you know he was like he didn't even have time to you know, put on the disappointed Fix his stare. face, he like he was, like, was
0: just processing, yeah. You know, he was like,
1: <laughs> what, what, what? Like, what did I just see right now, you know? So, and I will be honest, um, I kind of enjoyed um, that particular, um, you know, surprise that I see around me and stuff like that. And especially in a city, especially in India, where you don't see that kind of uh, relationships that much. Um, it was interesting, I will say. It did come with its own set of challenges. Um, there was one thing that you mentioned about how um, the guy at the bridge, you know, went up to you and was like, yeah, so let's go home and all that <laughs> stuff. So it's like cause, uh, apparently he got all of his dating experience from Pornhub.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you know?
1: And um, oh. so, yeah, so similar things have happened for her. Uh, it, it was a bit of a struggle because there was this expectation that, uh, oh, so here's a woman who's with an Indian man. So it's like she's down for anything. You know, that means that, you know, I can just come up to her, regardless of the fact that I'm just right, sitting right next to her and, you know, make a move or do some weird oh, shit and all that shit. stuff. So yeah. uh, I got like really uh, protective and stuff. And then she got annoyed by that. And then there's like a whole other bunch of bullshit that happened because of it. Um, so, yeah, th- those are things that That actually exist. reminds
0: me of, of, a, of another thing, um, which would be an interesting topic to mention in this parents. So I was going out with this um, young man from from Sri Lanka, Mm -hmm. and um, his parents were not in the country and absolutely terrified of the fact that he was dating this wild, lustful Western woman, (laughs) you know, whatever I was representing, you know what I mean? And... Like in the beginning, every time they knew I was over, like his mom called nonstop. Well, she wasn't that type of person, but if she knew I was around, like the phone would ring a lot and it was just wow. checking in and checking in. And then a few months down the line, she actually realized that I made him, I kept them very accountable, making sure all of a sudden he started paying his bills on time. <laughs> like all these, all these things that a proper woman does to you. <laughs> and then she was like, wait a minute, she's actually not a bad influence to him, but that took a few months. Yep. And then it was really sweet. Like, Hey, tell her I said hi and yada yada yada." But before that she was Terrified of this Western woman ruining her good traditional Sri Lankan son.
1: Like, did you know exactly what was the cause of her concern? I mean, outside of the stereotype, Sex. like, oh, right, okay. So it's like
0: absolutely right.
1: So, I mean,
0: and it's, it's like we we were mid twenties, not fourteen, okay. and I showed up in negligee. Like, it wasn't that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but.
1: You know, there's a there's a sadder version of this story, and this is also a mutual friend of ours. I mean, for reasons of privacy, I'm not going to specify where they're from and all that. But um, I will say that the, uh, the the man was from is from you know a South Asian country, um, and this woman is from a European country. So they've been they were going out for four years, and um, even after four years, um, the dude never mentioned or talked about her to his family. And she always had a problem with this because it's like, we've been together for four years. Like, we're in it for the long term. Like, why are you not talking about uh, me to, uh, you know, your family? And then the dude has visited her family, you know, back in that European country and all that stuff. And so she was, like, really struggling with it. And then one fine day, he, uh, you know, revealed why he had to do this. He was like, oh, you know, I have a sister of a marriageable age. And if, you know, the society in my country... Uh, in my village, finds out that I'm dating someone who's European, this wild Western woman, it would be um, a stain on my sister's reputation, and I want her to get married first before I can do anything. And then our friend was like, fuck this shit, you know? And then she just, you know, broke it off. Because that was just such an unkind thing to do, you know? But it also points to very strong social pressure you know from family from the people around you like it blew my mind but at the same time i kind of understood it you know because i come from um india i come from kerala you see both sides. yeah we do we do see a lot of those conservative families and stuff like that um but you know but that's the shit that happens right and that's something that we you know often don't talk about i guess um and, you know, especially if, if you were in that same experience like you'd be like, I mean, at least she had the good grace to just break it off with grace and do her stuff. Like you'd be like kicking and shouting. And you'd probably fly all the way to that country. It's like, what the fuck, mom-in-law? <laughs> 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 yeah. so, um, but there's all those politics. And uh, speaking of parents, um, there's one thing that I, I'm not sure if this is a pattern or something. Um, interracial dating, especially in Singapore, is a lot less of a novelty um, among the foreigner crowd, because, I don't know, I mean, for many reasons, we're strange in a strange land. We're a lot more open to, you know, uh, meeting and stuff like that. And I'll be honest, when I first moved here, I was lonely as fuck, so that just, you know, um, encouraged me to go out and meet people and stuff like that, um, versus I'm, I'm guessing that when it comes to um, Singaporeans or people here who live with their parents, there's probably something similar. Not in the very uber-conservative sense of, you know, I should not date a woman who will take my virginity at the age of 25 because my mom still believes that, you know, and that kind of shit. And she's
0: Western, so she must (laughs) be a porn star. (laughs) Right?
1: But at the same time, I think (laughs) there's something to be said about, you know, wanting to bring a girl home um, to your parents, and there's probably, like, a reluctance to do that versus um, if we were just hanging out, for example, and if I met, like, uh, a really nice girl, I'd be like, hey, you know, come over and do that stuff. So I think there's, like, a lot more freedom of movement and that's why,
0: but that's also d- different, different layered um, in terms of expectations. If I bring someone home back in Germany, my mom doesn't expect me to get married to this person. Mm. You know, mm. um, my mom was is very clear that, f- first of all, she knows I respect my body, and you know, she she taught myself to value myself and, and all that stuff. So she knows I choose someone good. But I, we also very clear that as soon as this person. Hurts me. He's out. You know, yeah. like we're never mentioning his name again, and that was that's in the past. There is no figure it out and get married kind of thing, which might be a little bit different here. If, if I if I'm Singaporean and I bring someone home, my family is like, all right, yeah, tell me an about your family. Expectation that he's you know here exactly.
1: for a while. Yeah, you know, okay, and obviously if not for good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think it's and that's something that you see a lot where it's like you don't bring someone that he just met, like, last week. and but
0: to be I fair mean, I didn't though, do that at home as yeah, well, like, but I, I know my yeah. mom, my mom, I'm 30 years old, my mom has never asked me when I'm going to get married. Right. You know, my mom knows I want to, and I want to have a family one day and whatever, and she said, I'm happy once it happens, but there's no way ever that my mom will bring that up as an expectation. Okay. Know? Like, You're lucky. never, ever.
1: <laughs> You're really lucky.
0: <laughs> I think that's not too <laughs> uncommon for my country
1: interesting like uh my parents were fairly liberal and i remember my dad saying this a long time ago he's like a super chill guy but at the same time he did some something that was kind of low-key racist um he was like oh no it's cool that you're going out and doing all these things and all that stuff you know it's cool that you're meeting new people you know imbibing new cultures that's kind of a euphemism for just you know getting sh- you know whatever and uh, he was like yeah but you know if you're going to settle down um You know, find someone who speaks your language, who is very from. because I would like to just be a lot more comfortable around this, you know, potential bride. So I was like, that's racist, dad. Is it though? So this is... Is it
0: though? Because my mom did the (laughs) same thing. I had the conversation with my mom where I said, mom did it... I got got one sister, older sister, only dated German men and and will forever, because I hope this is the last... Mark, it's time for you to do the move. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, so I once asked my mom, Mom, would you want for me to just bring home a German man? Like, did it ever bother you knowing that I'm always dating outside my race? And my mom was like, I don't give a shit as long as that man treats you right okay but I'd appreciate if he speaks German it just would make things so much easier so that's what how she said it like you should have seen her you know when
1: (laughs) being like really careful about it's like
0: (laughs) you know my very first (laughs) Singaporean boyfriend that came (laughs) visiting me and you should have seen the two in a kitchen because he Malay Singaporean was asking my mom for the tax system in Germany and she with her okay English and he with his major Singlish and just watching them two talking about something complex like the damn tech system, I was just like, I'm going to sleep. You two do your thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so so, but my mom just wanted like to welcome this person into the family. So I don't think it was racist. She was just like, it just would have been nice if they speak yeah, German. I mean, so that's why I'm like, maybe your dad just really says it. it's just nicer and easier to integrate the person. Yeah,
1: so it's like, well, see, that's the thing, right? Because it's like, of course, like when I call dad, uh, my, my dad racist, it is uh, German like, oh, Dad, you're racist. You know, I'm just going to go around and you know, get as many as much as I want. But like, w- the thing was, um, I don't think it was a question of um, language difficulties. At least in his case, I think it was just more about, you know, I'm in the last years of my life. I can't deal with having. To something adjust to new something and new novel yeah and all that. I like the same fucking breakfast every day for the rest of, you know, to the end of my life because it's like, I've done everything. I've gone everywhere. And it's not like he's um, a very provincial dude. Like he's, you know, we grew up um, outside of, you know, India. Yeah. You know, he has gone around a lot and he is a very cosmopolitan person. But towards the end of his life, he's like, ah, I'm just tired, man. And like, in my opinion, I still think that it's low-key racist because he is too lazy to even accommodate for certain differences, right? Yeah. Maybe he said that, you know, facetiously. Maybe he said that as a joke. But I don't know. It just pointed to a certain, yeah. You know, I don't want to deal with new stuff. And if someone's going to come here, it's going to be a struggle for me. And he may not be hateful, but he's going to be insensitive about it. Yeah. You know. So that's I think why maybe I w- where
0: you it. feel the m- what you consider racism may be this whole, why look look at that as something complicated or extra work. You should just welcome this person no matter, you
1: know, no matter what. Like, I could be with an Indian person and that would still be fucking complicated, you know? So it's like why is like a certain cultural affinity considered, you know, easier and okay, once again, now now that I just put this out in words, um, yeah, there is truth to it. You know, language plays a part as your mom said, uh, you know, language plays a part, cultural affinity plays a part. Um, at the same time, I do wish that everybody just put some thought into, um, or at least put the person first, you know? So it's like culture and race all well and good. Those are like nice, bonuses to have but as your mom put it as long as he treats you right you know as long as this woman is uh, you know good for me that should be the overriding um criteria especially from parents you know yeah okay. so um and since we are on the topic of parents
0: my uh, mom is the best
1: I well, was well, you know. just going to say that. I mean, every example so far,
0: she's pretty dope.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's great. And I think, like, especially since we were talking about, you know, our, our friends, parents and stuff, um, these stories tend to be a little difficult. And um, I, I see this among um, our, our friends here in Singapore, too, where parents have certain ideas of, you know, who their um, children's partners need to be. And it's a bit, you know, it's not, it's not normal for them. You know, like they still look at um, interracial relationships as as a novelty, and it depends on who that person is, and then it could either be like novel in a fun way, or novel in a weird, oh fuck, should I do this, or should I be part of this way, you know, so, um, and you know, that would be a good segue into um, interrelation, interracial and interethnic relationships. In Singapore, do you think they are novel? Do you think it's a novelty?
0: I guess it kind of depends on. I'm a bit fifty-fifty on it. Okay. I mean, obviously for me, you know, you you know where I stand. But I think it's like how it, like the, the country perceive it. I would like to say no, because you know there is always this whole multiracial. We should always embrace that. That's how Singapore likes to be branded, right? But underneath that older generations it's a very different feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you that I agree with you in in many respects on this, Um, although I will say that it does veer towards it being more normal than usual. Um, I I think
0: with every generation, it will get easier. Yeah,
1: so like uh, the stats that we saw earlier, like 22% 22 is crazy when you think about it, right? So um, I was looking at the stats, so it's like it's been ramping up every year. Um, At the same time, there's always going to be these little intergenerational conflicts. um, And my personal belief is that you can never have a multicultural society without these conflicts. It's always going to be there, you know, there's going to be some of these frictions and that's to be expected. The idea is to make sure that that does not become the overriding factor that affects relationships further down the line. So at least as far as Singapore and Singaporeans are concerned, you know, among the, um, how do I put this, uh, established races, not, you know, like, oh, Chinese Indian, no worries, Chinese, Malay, no worries, this and this and this and all that stuff. Um, when it comes to probably races and cultures outside of the CMIO thing, that's when things get pretty interesting. You know, like, um, I, I was watching this video by rice media where they talk about what does a Singaporean really mean? You know, who is a real Singaporean? And there was one girl who is, you know, half black and half Chinese. And, you know, so she talks about her struggles and stuff like that, and what her parents had to go through. Uh, and so, I'm I'm fifty-fifty on the point where it I think it's normal as long as you're within CMIO, yeah. But once you're outside of that, then it's like whoa, you know? Does he have a big dick? You know, like is she a porn star? <laughs> yeah. You know that, that kind of shit. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's um, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, there is a lot of um interracial. Couples I know who... Like from the previous generation. So it does point to a normalcy in a way. You know? So yeah, that's there.
0: Yeah, and it will continue to get easier because these couples have children that are used to coming from two different cultures and identifying as two different races and you won't be able to take that away from them and they're going to be very relaxed with that moving forward. And, you know, I think... So it's it's always gonna get better, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, so and I'm I'm saying we're still in a bit of a 50-50 um, and it's 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 it is still a country that holds onto a lot of tradition, which I think is beautiful, and and with it comes a little bit this whole status question. I think yeah. that's that's the difficult part about it.